0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 67 of In the Saddle podcast. This week's Bang preview, we'll be looking at the graded action on Saturday at Kempton, as well as the either chase at Newcastle. And to round things off, we will look at Sunday's card at Fonwell, in particular the National Spirit Hurdle. As always, we'll end this week's episode with our Naps and Any Other bets section, Chris Loder's favourite part of the show. Before we introduce the panel this week, some news for all the listeners. We have teamed up with Aquatic Sport and created our own in the saddle clothing, which is now available on the Aquatic Sport website, from hats, masks, quarter masks, to quality jackets. The products look excellent and are very high quality. It's a pleasure to work with such a prestigious brand within horse racing, a unique brand, which is worn by champions. To launch our clothing, we're going to be doing a free giveaway so please make sure you follow our Twitter page in the saddle pod for more information. Also, make sure you check out Aquatic Sports website. I'll put the link in our bio and post on all our social media channels. This week's panel includes Lucky Loaders, Paul Callahan, and Grade One winning and Grand National winning jockey Daryl Jacob. Uh, we'll start. We'll start with Daryl. Welcome to the show. Um, it's been some some week for you, Daryl. Uh, one of contrasting emotions obviously the the awful fall and loss of A Top at Linkfield and Lanny Serge being fatally injured. at Ash Scott, um, then obviously Sorrell very, very impressive winner of the Betford Game Spirit Chase. Um, how are you, Daryl?
1: Yeah, good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, um obviously um you know, still a little bit sore from the fall at Linkfield, but um, thankfully injuries are are slowly they're getting better and better, and I'm feeling better every day. So um, yeah, it was been a kind of bit of a roller coaster week that week, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's definitely a game of contrasting emotions, and um, I think that the welfare of horse and rider should always be the number one priority. Um, and obviously, I'm glad that you're you're well and safe. And obviously, Sorrel very very impressive. Um, obviously, got a bit further than the the race before, but I thought it jumped really really well and quickened
1: away. way. Look smart. Yeah, no, he was very good. Um, you know, he's had a great season, obviously by the mishap at Kempton. He's had a an absolute fantastic season winning the French champion, winning the, the leader. We canton. Um, you know, and it just nothing went right at Kempton. Um that day he fell, he sort of you know, he travelled, the ground wasn't great and he missed the first and he missed the second, which is unlike him. Um and he just went down to the to the ditch and he's just Altier's on the inside, your winged it. And he just tried to come with Altier and you know, unfortunately it was, just, it was just too long for him and uh you know, he landed on top of the fence and, and had a bit of a mishap. But like I say, you know, Alan and his team have done a fantastic job. They've got him back really fresh and really well. And, you know, he escaped all the penalties because he obviously hasn't won over fences for quite a few years and he escaped all the penalties and uh you know it was very, very, very nice to see him getting his head in front of the fences again yeah um
0: absolutely um and onwards and upwards uh was so royal lucky loaders how are you how's your form
2: yeah not too bad been not a bad week this week on the old youtube channel had a couple of winning naps been doing a bit of work as well up at sky sports racing so so yeah it's been a pretty busy week but so yeah hopefully we can uh find some winners for the listeners uh at the weekend where it's not a bad uh little card at kempton and also as well some decent um Racing as well uh, the likes of Newcastle and Fontwell on Sunday. So yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into it.
0: Good. Glad you're well, lucky loaders. And uh, hopefully back to winning ways in the nap department. I know you've been slacking there behind me and Paul. Um Paul Callahan, um, how are you? Um, that nap last week, we go encore. Um gra- I mean, I say I'm gradually closing the gap here. I-, I-, I thought I was gonna get there. Yeah, so did I. Um
3: Vice was an absolute bit for about the next hour after roaring up all my thought, maybe between the, the run to the second last I thought maybe turning for home he might n- make a second spot but I thought once he straight straightened up for home, I thought he was going to get there but um, I think credit due. the winner was absolutely superb he really toughed it out in front and talking down spinny bottom I thought there was no way to. I thought the speedometers were broken up front I thought there was no way neither of them would keep it up but um, yeah Skelton's horse was, he was incredibly tough in the, in the closing stages and Pearl Regal and Corey left to, to wait another day but hopefully he get another day in the sun he absolutely flew home and
0: Around a cracker, but wasn't to be. Yeah, I've seen your nap for this week. It's actually one that me and you actually put up a few, a few races ago. So uh, I think you could be co- copying my card at the moment with my phone, Paul Callahan. But anyway, uh, let's get into the weekend's action. We'll start on Saturday's a card at Kempton. We'll start with the one fifty Close Brothers Pendle novice chase, Grade Two. We'll start with Daryl Jacob. I know there's one in here that you've you've actually won very easily on uh, in the past.
1: Yeah, Gallo. Yeah. He's um I picked up the ride obviously for um for Jamie Snowden when Gavin got injured at the start of the year and uh you know he won uh, a couple of really nice races with me, obviously. Um when Kempton being the the highest profile uh racer he's won and he was very, very good around there that day. Um, you know, he's a lovely horse. He'll enjoy the ground at Kempton. Um nice good nice good ground suits him well. So the ground is gonna be absolutely spot on from um at uh, at Kempton on Saturday. And like you say, I really, really fancy his chances. He's a very good horse. He seems to be improving. I think he got stuck in the mud at Sandown the last time a little bit. But um, you know, definitely going back to you know, better ground is going to suit the horse well. And uh, like you say, I think he's got a very, very strong case in this race.
0: Yeah, the two times he, he did win on um, obviously twenty two lengths winner uh win cannon in the seventh of November. Um and then obviously a very impressive winner on eighth of October, beating Mr. Minute by nine. I actually think that, that form behind All Mankind and the Henry the 8th, and all novice chase stand down on the fifth of December, that should be a, a good bit of form. Um and as you say, you're quite keen on he's a eight chance at the moment. Paul yeah. Callaghan,
3: who do you like in this race? I'm gonna say with Daryl Gallo. I think the I think it's interesting that connections wasted no time and sending them over over fences. Um or wasted little time. I think he ran once over hurdles at Stratford back in March of last year. Um yeah, I think, you know, he's already a grade two winner. The time of that race was a little under two seconds, faster than, than standard. He was toured on his last start at Sandown. Do you know, Tamarack the Matan, the Nichols horses had one try beyond two miles, ran over, over hurdles over two, five, appeared not to get home, would probably have too much toe, I think, to stay at two, two and a half miles. I think we'll just be trying the the favourite out here. So I think Gallo will take the, the beating
0: here. He's 15 to eight chance, um, Gallo, uh, Darrell Jacob, and Paul Callahan both keen on that one. Which is certainly a positive. Lucky loaders. Is that a full house
2: or who if? No, I'm I'm going to go for the, the favourite at the moment, Tamrock Dumathan for Cobden and Nichols. Uh, Paul Nichols got a great record in this race. He's won it ten times during his career, um, and I've kind of have been waiting for him to to go up and trip slightly. Uh, to the two and a half. I know Paul just mentioned there that he didn't quite get home when he did try it before, but he was a bit of a young horse back then. He was only a five-year-old. He's six now. So I think I think he'll improve Um, going up in trip. Now he's getting a little bit older. He's only had two runs over fences and obviously one of them was behind Shishkin. So a lot of Shishkin fans will be uh, looking to see if uh, Tamarok Dumathan can uh, boost the form I think if he's going to get away with the trip as well round Kempton I think that would be the ideal track for him, the key to him as well is is the better ground, good ground at Kempton, it's going to be dry for the next few days so ground shouldn't change and he gets £3 as well from Galore I think uh, Galore and Tamarok Dumathan, they have it between themselves I don't see the other two posing too much as a threat but for me I'd just probably edge in favour of the Paul Nicholls runner. so that's my thoughts on the Pendle chase yeah
0: doing my fan is five to four uh best price available uh, i could maybe see this one going off odds on uh paul nichols harry cobden operating at 19 strike rate at the moment uh seven from 37 the last seven days i think that form behind shishkin being 13 lengths it's quite similar to uh gallows 10 lengths behind all mankind um prior to this one comfortably at wincannon on the 19th of november of 131 well, obviously, uh, we would be surprised if the winner did come out from the top two in the betting here. So, Daryl Jacob and Paul Callan are keen on Gallo at five fifteen to eight, and Tamarack Dunufan for Lucky Loaders at five to four. Moving on to the, the two twenty-five close Adonis Juvenile Hurdle Grade Two. We'll start with Paul Callan. Who do you want to be on here?
3: I'm going to take Gary Morris Casalupy to turn the tables with Titanic. Um, first of all, I think Jane Williams' horse Honor the Jump is is certainly of interest. Was second on hurdle in debut at Exeter, and then despite being incredibly keen at Kempton on his last start, that was back on the twenty seventh of December, was still in front on the approach to the final hurdle, only to, to come a cropper. So I think if he can settle a little bit better, should do with the benefit of the racing experience, he'd be there thereabouts. But. I was looking at this race at Ascot where Tritonic got the better of Castellupi, and it took, all, it took every yard around Ascot for Tritonic to get the better of Castellupi, who wasn't keen but was just in Jamie Moore's hands in the early stages. I think if he can settle a little better around Kempton, I think the flat track will suit casalupi and play to his strengths more than Tritonic. Tritonic was just caught for a toe a little bit as he came out of Swindley Bottom, and he, he came back on the bridle just after head straightened for home, but do you know, it's still talking about really all of the run-in from the last of the line to get past Casalupi. And I think the flatter track here will suit Gary Moore's charge. And I think he's a cracking price at the minute. Do you know, he's still a, a very attractive odds at the moment.
0: And I think that the flatter track will suit him. So, it's Casalupi for me. He's 5-1 Casalupi or at Gary and Jimmy Murray. It's an interesting sort of insight that you have there, Paul Callahan, because I actually thought that Casalupi actually got first run. Um, I just think Tritonics uh, flat speed sort of. The pen sort of dropped late on, picked, picked him, up late on. Um obviously this is a game game of opinion. So Casalovies five to one for Paul Callahan here. Darrell Jacob, what would you like in this race?
1: Uh I like Nick Williams' horse um an awful lot. Um, he was second first time out. Um and I think he would have won the last time if he hadn't have um tipped up at the last. Um, you know, the form the form of that is very, very good. Obviously, I know Nicky Henderson's um, they think an awful lot of his horse. Um so I know the form is very, very strong. Um I think Nick Williams' horse taken taken an awful lot of beating in this race. In a race, I think that's going to be running run the suit and better. Gary Moore's horse and he'll probably go to the front and make it a good test, like what he did the last time. Um, Nick Williams' is a horse will be able to settle a lot nicer in behind them. Um, and I just think um, Alan King's horse, uh, like you said, like Paul said, took him a long time to get going um, around Ascot um, on softer ground, and what it is going to be at Kempton. So it's a totally different track for uh, for Alan King's horse, but, um you know, I think he's going to be up against it, but um, I do really like Nick Williams' horse. I think the former is rock solid. The race is going to be run to suit him, and um, I think he'll take an awful lot of beating in the race. Okay, well, he's, he's a
0: 4-1 chance. A lucky loaders, so who do you like in this race?
2: Yeah, I'm probably just going to side with the favourite. I know he is probably quite a short price, but I do think he was learning on the job that day at Ascot, and I thought he did actually really well to pick up to 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 beat Casalupi a uh, very s- similar profile to um, Grimetti <laughs> that uh, obviously Katie that's normally on here as well and um, she's a big fan of uh, a classy flat horse that ran in some decent handicaps obviously the McNeil family as well uh, trained by Alan King and he ran a blinder didn't he in the triumph hurdle a few years ago now but yeah I just know that the vibes have been quite positive about this horse and, and they do really like him and from from the flat angle, he's definitely the classiest in the race, he's uh, got a flat rating of 99 now, so definitely you have to respect him on that, and I think he'll just, he'll come a lot on for that run at Ascot, and uh, I think he'll definitely go close the interesting one I will just give a shout out to is Margaret's Legacy, a French raider, don't normally see too many um coming over the channel, uh, to compete in a race of this nature, Margaret's legacy for Ned Curtis and Hugo Moraine. Um, this horse has won both his starts um, down in South France at Kang Shimer. Now a lot of people might crab French form but actually his latest win at Kang Shimer actually did work out quite well because um, the second place horse went on to win a listed event at Kang Chimere. So he could be a really interesting contender. Maybe the ground could be a slight question mark as it was deep ground when he won at Kang Shimer. and it's interesting as well that Ned Curtis rode him on both his starts in front. So, yeah, just an interesting runner. He, I think he's double figure priced, maybe one each way if you wanted to take a, a fly on the wall on one. But, uh, yeah, for me, I thought Tritonic would just improve for that Ascot run and would take all the beating.
0: Yeah, Tritonic's 10 to 11, uh, about 5 to 6 in places. Marcus Legacy's 12 to 1. Um, just going back to Tritonic, obviously, he's quite smart and flat, he's already 99. Last run in the old Rowley Cup handicap at Newmarket, being five lines, finding Williams, Kingbrook. I do think he made up a lot of ground uh, last time He's hit twenty-fives in running. And when I did actually check the number, I thought it would have been a bit higher. As they might they must have known in running. Um and again, it's just it's a game of opinions, I I think that the uh Jamie Moore nearly nicked it from the front and gave Casalubia a great, great run. I just think Tritonic looks looks really smart, um, looks an exciting prospect and sure to win more over hurdles. So Paul Callan is keen on Casalupi five to one. Uh, Lucky Loaders tonic ten to eleven in, in each way. Margus Legacy twelve to one. And uh, Daryl Jacobs keen on Honor Dejanek at four to one. Uh, moving on to three o'clock Sky Bet Doveton Novice Hurdle Grade Two. We'll start with Lucky Loaders. Who do you like here?
2: Yeah, again I'm not being very original this week, am I? Um, Athol Street for me for again Harry Copton and Paul Nichols. I just thought this one had very really solid sort of claims and what looked like a weak race. There are a few obviously that. Are still improving that might come on a little bit but I just thought the two runs we've seen so far from Rutherford Street at Taunton were very impressive especially his latest win when he had to give away the penalty and he absolutely bolted up by 16 lengths he's in the colours of Trevor Hammonds he's actually from the family of Kicking and King and there's also as well quite closely related to Kalashnikov you know so he's got a lovely pedigree you would normally associate Trevor Hammonds horses, obviously going on to become staying chasers and there's no reason to think maybe he might go down down that route in the fe- uh, in the future, but for me, like I said, there are uh, his two wins were very impressive, both as well on good ground at Taunton, which suggests probably uh, the ground at Kempton will probably be in his favour. Um, he's got an official rating of 135. Um, on paper, he's the best horse in the race, um, and for me, yeah, not particularly original selection, but if he can get an easy time, with things up on the front like he's done the last couple of times, he might just take all the beating. So yeah, not an original selection, but I just thought Athol Street was the most likely winner of the race.
0: Yeah, it's a 15-8 chance uh, lucky roaders, Paul Nichols, Harry Cobden. I uh, did win impressively twice at Ponton. Visually impressive winning. An absolute canter on the 10th of December. Uh, I'm not really sure how good that form is. probably well, interesting one was, Galicio put Dan Skillen and Harry Skillen, but also we'll move on to that and see if anyone else fancies this one. Uh, Daryl Jacob, do you like in this race?
1: Um, I actually really fancy um, Emmett Mullins' horse, um, Cape Gentleman. He's 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 rated 100 on the flat. Look, I don't think it's uh, the strongest uh, the strongest of Skybet Double Cup races. Um, you know, there'll be I can't see any horse going and winning this going on and winning the 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 Supreme at the Cheltenham Festival. I think it's uh, you know for the type of race that it is. I think it's an average average enough race. I think Paul Nicholls' horse is rated 135. Um, so, you know, there's there's your form line straight away. Um, but yeah, I do look like, at Emmett Mullins bringing horses over to England. He's got a very, very good strike rate whenever he brings horses over to England. Um, and like I say, this horse won really nicely, pushed him out. Obviously, there was something to miss with at Leperstown uh, when it pulled up the last time. So um, I think he'll be making amends here. And I, I really fancy this horse. Like, say he's, I know from Ireland um and and having and having a few deals with them once, they really think an awful lot of this horse and i'm sure this horse will be a lot shorter price on the day
0: he's, he's currently uh
1: I mean he was five
0: to one but he's into uh, around seven to two i'm not sure if that was you daryl but uh <laughs> some, a bit of money uh, for him already and obviously john joe o'neill jr on board so is certainly a positive as well Wants uh, once take take note of there um so daryl jacob's keen on cape gentleman uh seven to two at the moment um, actually, we'll give you the 5-1 to one dial. Um, but anyway, Paul Callaghan, who do you like in this race? I think, as, as the lads have mentioned, in,
3: in what is it, a winnable race, uh, competitive. I'm going to side with the Dan Skelton trained Calico, with 12 runs on the flat in Germany, three wins. He won on hurdling debut at Ludlow. When you'd have to say by connections, he was relatively unfancy. He was thrown at 5-1. to one. That's always a good sign. And, you know, it would have appeared that it was a slight surprise to connection. So, I think you'd imagine there'd be a little bit more improvement there. So, I'm going to say it's short and sweet, but I'm going to side with Coleco to, to follow up here. It's yeah. competitive. Like, it's not the, you you wouldn't think it's top-drawer stuff, but it's certainly a competitive race, you'd imagine, and, and one that would be winnable for the top three or four,
0: maybe, in the, the market. Uh, Calissio, uh for Dan Skell and Higher Scans, a 5-2 to two chance uh for Paul Callaghan, obviously a German recruit, he uh, took the hurling quite well, and looks set to prove at least as good in this sphere. Uh, I think it would be interesting if the money does come for Calisio. Um, The Skellens will have a good form line with the Hawks, who finished second to the Apple Street at Taunton on the 12th of November. Um, one thing is Kim Bailey's ba- Balatishon who who let the form down yesterday. The weather be when disappointment going off five to four, has been around 30 lengths there. Um, however, Colisio seems sure to go on, on to better things. So, just to wrap up that race, Paul Callan's keen on Colisio at 5-2, Lucky riders Affle Street, 15A, and Daryl Jacob with Cape Gentleman at 5-1. to one. Uh, Moving on to the 3.35 Close Brothers Handicap Chase at Grade 3. We'll start with Daryl Jacob. Are we on the right one here?
1: Um, look, at obviously, he won very well with um, me at um, Kempton uh, last year. The, you know, on the Saturday after the Shetland Festival, it took uh, took all that trip to get him up on the line. Um, first time stepping up on that trip, but he, he appreciated the trip that day. Um, you know, obviously he's had his problems and that's why he hasn't been out till now. So, um, you know, he's a bit on, he's probably a little bit undercooked for, for today. Obviously he always takes his first run of the season. So um, it'll think I think it'll take a monumental effort for him to win first time out this season. Um so, I, I'd say, look, I'd say he probably won't be good enough uh, on on Saturday. Look, but please God, with a run under his belt, I think uh, he likes to go ground and hopefully he'll be, it'll seem to much better effect on his, you know, towards his, his his spring targets like Aintree, Air, Sandin at the end of the year. So, you think he's 20 to 1 at the moment, and that's quite a fair price, obviously, if you expect him to come on for the run? Yeah, look I, look, I think in this type of race, I think he's a very, very competitive race. I think he'll be doing very, very well uh, to win the race. I, look, I'd be very happy if he first finished in the first five or six, um, and then that, you know he's shown a nice uh, a nice run under his belt without having a hard race. But look, if he's good enough, he'll be there to win. But I think realistically, he always takes his first run, and uh, I think you'll see him to, in better in better light later on in the season.
0: And um, I appreciate the, the honesty there, Dal. Dalar Estrovanski is kind of twenty to one shot uh, for Ben Pollen and obviously our guest.
1: That old Jacob. Um, I I like it. Al Dancer. Look, at he he finished ninth in a in a handicap at Cheltenham when when uh, Nigel's horses weren't probably in the best of form. Nigel Twist horses are back in and really good form now at the moment. And you know some of Al Dancer's form as a novice was very very good. And uh, I think he's better than a lot of these horses. Um, you know coming back to a to a decent sort of mark. So uh, I do I really like Al Dancer for the race and the better ground as well is going to suit him as well. He he was twelve to one. He's a six to one
0: chance now. So uh, certainly uh, marking the car for us tonight, Hal Jacob. (laughs) We couldn't get any of those uh, those early prices. Um, He's a good
1: horse, Al Dancer. he's a very very good horse.
0: Yeah, uh, he's been running in some some competitive races in the past, um, but it seems like the market has has found him at six to one. Paul Callahan, would you like in this one?
3: I think it's tricky enough. This one. I'm going to say the tentative selection here would be Captain Orr, who was second at Kempton. He was a good winner at Newbury. Three starts though, back in the 28th of November, he then was second behind Royal Piguel at Kempton back in the 27th of December, and he, he made Benicia's horse work quite hard on, on that occasion. I was slightly disappointed with him as Doncaster on his last run, he finished third behind Taking Risks and I right I actually fancied him, and he was. I say he was well beaten. He was comfortably held in the end. He never really looked like he was getting there. And he, as they hit the line, he was kind of finished the tired horse. He had quite a hard race. A slight question mark would be, how much of a mark has that race at, at Doncaster left on Captain Orr? And I think if he's come out of that race, fine. Which obviously, connection speed he has, or else he wouldn't be taking his chance here. But you'll not know until shortly after three twenty-five on Saturday afternoon. I think if that race at Doncaster hasn't left his mark, I'm just going to give him a, a tentative nod here for Captain Orr. Gal like Dancer needs to bounce back, Clondagh Castle will need to improve to win off his mark of 154, he's never won off anything higher than 151, and Double Shuffle on that run at Kempton behind Royal Royal Pagel, Venetius horse, Double Shuffle is 19 lengths to find with Captain Orsi, I can't really make a case of, of why Double Shuffle should, I'd imagine, I, I think Double Shuffle could finish in the places here. But I can't really make a case of why he would find nineteen lengths and more to, to get past Captain Orr. So tentative selection here, I'm with the, the
0: Christian Williams trained and Jack Tudor ridden Captain Orr, it's currently a five to one chance at the moment. At Captain Orr. I think if you look at that that run behind Well on the twenty seventh December, it's a big eye catcher. It's obviously, that obviously that horse could potentially be anything. Um, obviously an interesting angle is is the bounce factor potentially from that run at Doncaster. Um, five to one. Um, still, in each way, each for bet for Paul Callahan here. Um, lucky loaders, who do you like in this
2: race? Yeah, I've narrowed it down to two. If that helps, um, the first one I like is Mellow Ben for Richard Johnson and Chris Gordon. Now, I think a key bit of form uh, for Mellow Ben is when he finished third at Newbury on his penultimate start, where he just bumped into Captain or that day, who he had to give away eight pounds to. Um, and that was a real bounce back to form. He had been a little bit high in the weights. He started off the season off a mark of 140. And and that effort at Newbury was a very encouraging performance by him. Um, he did go up three pounds for that uh, third place effort. That race, I should also say, featured Canelo, who went on to win um, at Weatherby. He went on to win the Roland Merrick chase. So that was quite a good uh, form line at the time. And we've obviously seen Captain Nord run some good races since, but I think Captain Order is a little bit high in the weights now, and there's a massive swing, and in fact, Mellow Ben, even with Jack Tudor's three-pound claim, is going to be getting four pounds, so I do think um, he is off a workable mark. He ran a respectable race last time out on soft ground, which probably just wouldn't have suited him that day. He, the, the good ground on Saturday will definitely be in his favour, and we've seen that Royal Pagale race work out very well, obviously, obviously um captain aud's boosted the form um double shuffle as well um that he's come out and won since so that was a good race last time at kempton and i think off a mark of 135 there is a decent pot in him and the other one of interest but this would probably be my second preference is slate house for Colin Tizard and, uh, Tom Scudamore. Obviously it's been well documented that the Tizards have been really in and out this season but I thought he was well handicapped off a mark of 148 he won the grade 1 quarter star novices chase when he was officially rated 153. He's clearly had his issues since then but I thought his last run at Wincanton was more encouraging that was his first run after a wind up as well and he and he just shaped like he, he uh, needed the run and the wind up would probably hopefully benefit him on his second start because he travelled really well and the trip was just probably on the short side for him, that was over two and a half so back up to three I think that would suit him, he's again a double figure price um, and Tom Scudamore's in the plate uh, on Saturday so I thought those two would um, go really well but I just think with the form and being on better ground and his mark, I think Mallow Ben would just get the nod for me so he's my selection for the race
0: Chris Loder loves a Chris Gordon horse Um, he's a big fan of uh, Chris Gordon and obviously Dickie Jordan Dickie uh, back on board as well. as a big plus. Uh, I think that the Progressive rubber guys, they've got a key form line here as well. Obviously hacking up in the Peter Marsh handicap chase at hit Dock on the 23rd of January. Um, interesting as well is Sleigh House, I mean, the Tizard Yard is coming back to better form, uh, has and distance form as well. Uh, one round behind Cape Land um, when the stable was out of sorts. I mean they're both actually 12 to 1 chances here, loaders, so I can maybe see Chris having a Dutch here uh, winning place. So just to wrap that up, uh Paul Callahan, Cape nerd at five to one, uh Lucky Lowler, Smell Ben twelve to one, Sleighhouse twelve to one. Daryl Jacob rides Dela Estrabal at twenty to one, but sh- should come on for the run. Um, but it's quite sweet on Al Dancer's chances. Um currently six to one near the top of the betting. Moving on to Newcastle, we'll stay with Daryl Jacob in a three fifteen Vertum El Ider Handicap. Chase, who do you like in this race?
1: Well, look, it's a very difficult race, isn't it? It's probably not the race that it once was, um, you know, used to have very, very good horses race to run in this race. Um, you know, real proper, proper decent quality horses. It's, you know, the race isn't unfortunately what it quite was, but um, look, it's still a very, very competitive race in its own right. And uh, look, at, I'm just going for a, horn, uh, a horse in this race that... Um, it's just consistent, um, and that's Cross Park. He's he's just a wonderful, consistent horse. Always runs his race, and I still think I think he'll be there thereabouts. Whether he's quite good enough or not, I I don't know. But um, you know, he's he's got a good attitude. He tries hard. He stays. Um, you know, and like I say you you're you're guaranteed to get a, a true running on him. Yeah, he's
0: he's a five to one chance, uh, Cross Park uh, for Caroline. Bailey and Sean Bowen. Again, this this one was a bigger price earlier, Daryl. So I don't know if, if, if this is you that's been doing this, but he kind to one
1: earlier. He's five to one, but it's price available now. <laughs> you, you you won't be saying that when they all come in last. <laughs>
0: nah, 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 listen, um I'll I'm confident in your selections. Um I'll I'll, I'll be sticking on the multiples, don't you worry. Um and I'll make sure I do it Sky a as well. That's a nice little plug Thanks. there. Anyway, <laughs> um key loaders, who do you like in this one?
2: Yeah, this is where my nap for the weekend is going to be. Um, like Daryl said, it's not the most strongest of renewals this year. It's often been a, a good race down the years, but this week it does look a bit thin on on the ground. not sure why that is particularly. But, yeah, th- there is uh, one in here that I really do like, um, and that's going to be a Salty Boy for Brendan Powell and David Bridgewater. Now, I just think this horse has been crying out for... The extreme test over four miles. He's caught the eye on numerous occasions this season. I think I remember putting him up on, on the podcast when he finished third at Haydock behind Sam as Adventure and Sir John and uh, Salty Boy was staying on really strongly that day. Um, and on um, on Saturday, Salty Boy is going to be a lot better off at the weights. He did have every chance to probably go and win the Sussex National at Plumpton, but he still wasn't disrespected in that race. there wasn't much between the first six I think there was only five lengths or so you wouldn't normally see too many three and a half mile contests when uh, five or six of them are still still in with a chance coming into the home straight you know um, in a race of that nature so I do think he is off a very workable mark of 124 and uh, I think the the step up and trip will suit him also as well in that race I should mention Dawson City came out and won so there is a bit of substance to that form also as well, David Bridgewater knows what it takes to do uh, to win this race. He won it back in 2014 with um, a horse called Wick House. So uh, Wick Hill, sorry. So yeah, I think I think Salty Boy will really relish this um, uh, distance of four miles. I think he just wants an out-and-out test. And for me, I think under um, a really low racing weight of 10 stone, I think I think he has to have a massive chance for me, um, and he will be my uh, nap of the weekend.
0: Chris is keen on salty boy. A nap, 25 to 1. Does that sound a bit right?
2: No, I don't think it's quite 25. I think, is it 8 to 1 best price still?
0: <laughs> just let me refresh my browser.
2: Unless uh, you've been dabbling in the black market.
0: He's 8 to 1 now. He was 25 when I looked earlier. I no, mean, he was. Chris Loader, what
2: are
3: yeah, you well,
0: doing? He probably just
2: says, you that's it? why. He... Yeah, yeah. Dodgy Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah. Right, we'll, move, we'll move on to Paul Callahan. Who do you like in this Paul Callahan? I am going to side with Big River. Um, we've only got twelve declared.
3: I think you could be lucky if over half the field get round here. At the minute, it's soft grounds. A little over four miles to cover. I said there's only going to be five or six finishers. Big River, I think, is going to be one of them. Slow as a hurts but stays all day. Was it a? Ran all right in the, the Welsh National. Just got caught for a, a bit of toe. Looked like he might be getting into the race as his heads were turning out of the back, but he missed his actual jump and I think let him down. He didn't make a mistake as such, but he was quite careful over the first two fences in the home straight at Chepstow in the final circuit. And I just thought that probably cost him momentum. Um, I think he ended up finishing... He finished eighth on that occasion. He was a good winner at Kelso last year. He runs off the mark of 139. His last winning mark is one three seven. But Big River has won off the mark as high as one hundred and forty-four in the past. I think he loved the conditions if the stay stay soft and he loved this test of stamina. Um, and I think he has less question marks than some of the other runners towards the or even gonna to say towards the top of the market, but even in the field. So I do expect Big River to be there thereabouts on the approach to the last in this
0: one. Secret Reprieve was a good winner that day at Chips, though again obviously this one i'll definitely appreciate the step up and trip and the test um i'm sure we're we'll not keen on this one in Cheltenham as well did we both not nap this uh on the 15th of november i think we did it was
3: it was quite soft ground and he ran all right he ran quite well at the festival actually he finished fifth um and the, the ultimate behind the conditional. so
0: i think on, on his, his best form you'd imagine he should play a part in this yeah, he's, he's seven to one. Uh, best price available for Cinder Russell and Derek Fox. Uh, just to to wrap this up, obviously Paul Callahan's keen on Big River, seven to one. Lucky Loaders, Nat Salty Boy, eight to one now, unfortunately, and uh, Tarrell Jacobs keen on Cross Park at five to one. I'm going to move on to Sunday's action at Fontwell. We'll stay with Paul Callahan. Um, who are we on? I'm all over
3: McFabulous fabulous here. I thought he was a horse that had matured. From the summer break, he won the, the Persian War. Not as a turtle at very taken fashion, I thought, on a seasonal reappearance on the weekend. That team had cleaned up. I really fancied him at Newbury, but he did. I know he was taking, time, taking on Time Hill and, and Paisley Park, but he just seemed to, he hit the front, he didn't stay. He hit the front on the approach to the second last, and I think that last furlong, furlong and a half, just caught him out. Then he got back on track at Kempton despite being caught out wide throughout a ride that Harry Cobden got criticized for and pretty much accepted it. I'm not quite sure he was called out wide, but I didn't really pay much attention towards it, the to start of the race. But Harry Cobden did think after that win at Kempton that, that he would stay out the, the three miles. So I don't know. I think I think three miles in the stairs could be just a furlong, two furlongs maybe up the Cheltenham Hill, too far from McFabulous. But I do fancy him to get you know, stay back on track here at Fonthill on Sunday. Sound quite bullish, Paul Callahan. He's a horse I absolutely loved, and uh, he was my idea of stairs winner when I seen him win at, at Chepstow on his reappearance. You know, he's, he's a horse that was quite keen in his younger years, in his you know last season and that. So he, he did seem to mature over the summer. So I was quite taken by his performance at Chepstow and a little disappointed just that he, but well, you know, he lost very little in defeat behind Paisley Park and. And time hill at Newbury but um, then he, you know he did as I said he got back on track at Kempton on his last start despite being caught out wide thought there was very little Harry Cobden could have done you know from the start of the race but um, you know the horse surely got got the job
0: done and I think he will I think he'll get it done again at Fontwell on Sunday I do you think there was a bit of an overreaction uh, towards uh, Harry that day with the ride he got the job Danny couldn't do anymore uh, this horse certainly looks progressive only a seven year old um, I'd expect this one to be, be quite short it's um, fabulous
1: for uh, Paul Callahan. Daryl Jacob uh, Call Me Lord or if the cat fits which one? Yeah we're not 100% sure if any of them run actually well I know if the cat fits he, he won't go um, he's going to go straight to Cheltenham now um, the ground's going to be it's going to be it's, it's it's very soft down there at the moment it's going to be dry it's going to be very gloomy it's going to be very hard work so if the cat fits doesn't, he doesn't like that ground he doesn't enjoy it so he definitely won't be going and um, our school call my lord this morning um he seems in really good form um again it's we're not 100 percent sure whether he's actually going to line up in this or not or whether he's going to take up his other engagement in uh in a week's time so um we'll see what we'll see what it's like in the morning see what the what the latest and the underground conditions are in the in the morning before we decide whether we're going to run him or not so um his form this year hasn't been good enough to beat be fabulous. Um, you know, McFabulous Paul, I know I was down in Ditchit last week, school and, and um, you know, they, they think an awful lot of this horse. And, uh, you know, a lot. Parry got a lot of criticism at Kempton. But if you look down through all of his runs, he's always been ridden a little bit wider. He likes, he likes a, his own bit of space. Um, he doesn't like to be boxed in or, or crammed in. He's got a big stride and he's got a good jump to him. So that's the reason why he has been ridden um, wide. And, and. You know around kempton obviously it's a bit no, more notice noticeable when when you do go wider um but i i think harry got, gave the horse a lovely ride that day. he was very confident on the horse the whole way around he knew exactly how much horse he had underneath him he got the job done and like i say i thought it was me personally i think it was a lovely ride it was lovely and smooth for the horse he never had to check the horse's momentum um or anything so for me i actually thought um harry copham gave him a lovely ride he was the best horse in the race and uh you know, he he made it look like as if he was the best horse in the race. So I think McFabulous would be very, very difficult to beat. Bruin up a storm, he got back and went away Then day down a taunt and in a handicap. Um again, I think he's gonna have to improve. But um, you know, for me the the, the likely winner is um i is, is is Bruno. Uh, is sorry, is um McFabulous. I think he's a he's a very, very good horse and I think he's gonna be an exceptional chaser down along the line interesting and um, so
0: if it call me Lord doesn't win I, I'm getting the vibe that McFabulous could be the nap dial Jacob for the weekend
1: I think so I Look, he's a very very good horse um, you know like I said I'd be I think even I think everyone in Ditch I think everyone would be very surprised if this horse got beaten um, on Sunday
3: Daryl if he wins on Sunday and wins well would you if he was yours would you go the stairs route or do you think if he won well on Sunday would that force connections hand to the stairs route or not
1: if He was ours, um, and if he was mine, um, I wouldn't be going to near Shelton with him, I'd be going for the two and a half mile of Aintree.
0: Okay, answers that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm literally just uh, building up to see what price is for Aintree now as well, over two and a
1: half, so <laughs> you can get a little bit of a price before this one goes live. Uh, I think, I think, you get, I think, you would take a hell of a horse to beat him by Aintree over two and a half miles in the great one. You know,
3: I thought that, I thought, what, I thought at Newbury, I just thought, I think the stairs trip would just be a falling or so, just a little, little too far from around Cheltenham.
1: He's a lot of class, he's a very, very high cruising speed, he's a lovely jumper, you know, good ground isn't going to be a problem, um, you know, even the ground, you know, soft ground is not a problem, but um, let's say, he's got a he's got a high cruising speed, he's got a fantastic jump, remote. he's got plenty of scope, he's got plenty of class about him, and like I say, for me personally. I think Aintree is, uh, I think even if he does go to Chatton, I still think he'll end up in Aintree.
0: Okay, so there's one for uh, for the future then from Daryl Jacob. McFabulous like, to absolutely hose up on Sunday and then do the business at Aintree over two and a half. Um, lucky loaders. Is it a full house or what do you like in this one?
2: Yeah, for me, I can see why everyone's with McFabulous. He's got the rock solid profile and even his win last time out, to be fair, has been franked by on the blind side he went on to win um, a race at Market Raisin. So that, that, that's pretty good form. I would maybe be interested to see what price brewing up a storm is. I know we haven't got prices up for this race yet, but he was a very impressive winner at Taunton, beating no mugs, you know, off top weight. He did get a uh, raise seven pounds in the weights of that. He's now officially rated 155. Is he really that good? I don't know. But he will be getting six pounds from McFabulous, which isn't going to be too it's not going to be easy for McFabulous put it that way he, he might have to work to, to win this race um I don't see him winning on the bridle um but I think he might just have a bit bit too much of a turn of foot but I think Burn Up a Storm is definitely a worthy adversary um and if he runs to his tournament level last time I think he'll give McFabulous a real race so probably from a price perspective I can probably see Burn Up a Storm being maybe about seven to two four to one that kind of price and i think mcfabulous probably when prices do open up will be about five to four so maybe from a price thing i think i'll just go with brewing up storm getting that six pounds and on official ratings there's only three pounds between them so i would probably just favor brewing up storm but i would expect mcfabulous is probably better than a than his official rating of one five eight but yeah Brun up storm would just get the nod for me but not much in it at all would you give me four
0: to five in the match Bill? uh McFabulous to be run on the stone, Chris Loder.
2: Nah, no no, no match better. Um no match a bets. terrible Def- record
0: in them, Chris Loader.
2: No, it's not that I've got a terrible record. I just think that this is um more of a just a sit and watch contest and uh, uh, and hopefully see see some nice horses take each other on and make the best one win. Okay. Uh, well,
0: definitely a difference in opinion here. Um, I'm in the McFabulous camp here as well. Looks smart, looks progressive. Uh, Paul Callahan, Daryl Jacob, very sweet on McFabulous. I a good mention there from, from Daryl, um, hoping that this one goes for entry. And Lucky Loader's keen on brewing up a storm. And moving on to Naps and any other bet section. Paul Callahan, what's the Nap for the weekend? Nap on the
3: side with Big River. I think he takes all the boxes. I don't think there's going to be many finishers. So I think Big River touching all available wood will be one of them finishers in the Eider on Saturday.
0: An absolute plodder a a race like, like like last week i wouldn't expect anything less paul Callahan, uh pick river at seven to one daryl jacob nap
1: um i'm gonna go for gallo um independent i think this uh, track is going to suit trip is going to suit everyone's got he's got an awful lot in his favor the likelihood of um um evan williams is making making the running for him as well is is, is obviously going to help him out as well so um i think he's he's my nap of uh of the weekend do you um do you think they've got the
0: betting wrong in the in the first one we looked at in Kempton the close person office chase? Do you think Gallo should be favourite instead of out doing a van?
1: I do, yeah. Um, I think he's got more potential. Like you say, I think the track can suit him. I think the way the race is going to be run, um, I think that's going to be run to suit him. Yeah, this is this is a smart horse on the up, and uh, like you say, I think his form he got stuck in the you know around Sandown in that ground. Um. You know, Gavin had, didn't give him a hard race, and um, that day he's come out with a, the race really, really well. And uh, yeah, I do. I I generally think I'd be I'd be surprised if he got beaten on Saturday, if I'm being honest with you.
0: Bullish. So that's the the double with McFabulous. I'm be loading that right up now. Uh, lucky loaders. What's the nap?
2: Yeah, I'm going to be taking Paul on in the of My nap of the weekend is going to be salty boy. I just think he'll really appreciate the marathon trip, and he's off a nice low racing weight. And it'd be great if David Bridgewater could get. Uh, a nice win after they lost the conditional last week. So hopefully he'll run a big race than them and can get the job done.
0: Yeah, he's currently at an eight to one. That twenty-five to one's already vanished. Lucky was, but I'm not sure if that was you who had that up. Anyway, I, I'm gonna take my nap. I obviously had our winning nap last week. Uh, Paul Callahan was really delighted with that, closing that gap in the naps table with so Glory. Drifted on the day, we got the job done. I'm with Tritonic. It's currently 10 to 11 uh, for Alan King, Andrew Hiskin and the McNeil family. looks like an exciting prospect, sure to win over hurdles. Uh, 10 to 11, I'll take that. Um, and obviously we're, we're getting to the near at the end of the show here. Daryl, I've, I've, I've got two questions for you, right? If you had the, the choice in the article, right? Shishkin or like what's the one to be on here at the top two?
1: Uh, look, it's very difficult. Um, obviously, Willie's horse is very, very impressive over in Ireland. Um, look at him, Shiskin is nothing, um, nothing wrong over here either. Um, you know, Willie w- Mullins' horses are in absolute um, super form at the moment, whereas maybe possibly some of Nicky's are, are a little bit in and out. Um, so, look at Shiskin's a high quality horse. Um, he, he's got everything about him. Obviously, I see him an awful lot in Nicky Henderson's every week. And, uh, you know, I think realistically, I think the Irish are going to do mop up the Shetland festival this year I think you know our only real real horse that we have of in the in the proper grade one company of of beating the Irish is chikin so um you know i'm hoping shess can can beat um compete can beat, can beat him because i think uh, the winners for the English are going to be very very uh, small this year yeah
0: since just before the Dublin race festival we, we had Johnny muron and he was very keen on an argument before absolutely hacking up um, it was around six to one then, and Robbie Pro was quite keen on his chance as well, especially at the ground soft. Um, but yeah, hopefully from the UK point of view, Shish can, can get one home for us. And Champion Hurdle, Honeysuckle or Honeysuckle? Uh,
1: James De Burles.
0: Oh yeah, I mean just just linking into that as well. Goshan, what did you make of that performance?
1: Yeah, he looked, he was he was good. Um he looked he got the job in the end. He got the he got the job done very, very convincingly. he? He beat a, a nice horse of Tom Simmons a song for someone, isn't it? Um yeah. you know, I think I think he probably underperformed a little bit that day, if I'm being totally honest with you. Um Goshen came away a long way clear of him. But um, you know, Goshen still took uh, three or four hurdles to get into his rhythm around Wincanton, and he can't afford to do that in the champion hurdle. If he does that in the champion hurdle. You know he's going to lose his pitch very very quickly and he's he's going to be making his um catch-up ground from there on and you know one thing about the champion hurdle, you can't do that you've got to be on your metal from the minute the flag falls to the very end of the race and uh, like you say you, you you don't have a chance to warm up into the race it's one of those races is very very fast and and every 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 aspect of the race is very very important and uh you know the hurdle in the first two hurdles is very very important so um you know, Honeysup, she's a great filly, isn't she, Epitan? And, you know, they obviously receive weight from, from Goshen. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for Goshen to win a champion hurdle. And do I fancy myself to win a champion hurdle? No, I don't.
0: James De Burley, uh, currently a 16-1 chance from, from 33s. So, some, someone might be, uh, someone say certainly had a few cut on. Um, I do think it's Was the Mayors at the top of the bend. It's They're sort of dominating. Honey goes was impressed for the Irish champion hurdle. Goshen, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing 100-30 to 30 right now. I do think that's a bit of an overreaction after that performance. I don't think so, for someone I don't think we've seen the true run out of that one. And that one's usually prominent. I just think the ground was and the track was against that one that day. Um James De Burley, um, is the the all conquering Willie Mullins. So I certainly wouldn't discount
1: your chances, Darl. Sixteen to one. No, he's a very good horse. Um high class horse over in France. His form is exceptional over in France. Um, you know, Willie Willie Willie's had him for the last Probably about five, five, six months, and um, you know, and and, and I show you now, Willie wouldn't be entering him into the race just for for a runaround. You know, he, he's got the form of the book from France. You know, he likes going left-handed. Um, you know, he he's a very, very good horse, and uh, you know, I think he's um he'll run way above his odds. Look, again, you know, first time out, it's a big ask for a horse to win, you know, in England in a championship race. You know, on the on the first run coming over from France, obviously adapting to the different style of racing a different type of hurdles they jump, everything. It's 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 very very different different to the way the way they run in France. But um, you know he's a he's a high class horse, and uh, for sure he's looking. He he'll run a big race at Cheltenham. Um, but he's definitely one to look out for the, for the future.
0: Yeah, exactly. Only only a five year old. And uh, you're right, Willie Mullins certainly been chuck chuck them in the deep end like that if he didn't think this horse had ability. And um, James de Burleigh and uh, Donald Jake will be on this one for Willie Mullins. Currently a sixteen one chance, best price available. Listen, Daryl, it's been great. Um, appreciate you coming on. Uh, this this is all we've got time for this week. I, I'd, I'd love to sit and talk, talk about Cheltenham um, all night, um, but that, that'll be coming soon, uh, Cheltenham Preview, and it'll certainly last a bit longer than this one. Uh, I'm not sure if the listeners want to hear that, but confident we'll continue with a profitable profitable weekend for listeners. Um, again, thank, thanks for coming on, Daryl. Uh, your insights and thoughts. No problem at all. Absolutely excellent, uh, and obviously good luck with the weekend's Rides, right, stay safe and obviously hoping you can get a couple of winners at Cheltenham um and to so all the listeners uh continue to support makes the show um we've had a few messages about our Cheltenham preview podcast as well that will actually be out soon uh, we have a great panel lined up also uh with our clothing product we're going to be releasing the details of our giveaway on the twitter page so make sure you follow the page in the saddle pods If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. The links to this can be found on our social media platforms. I hope everyone enjoys the weekend's top racing action and please gamble responsibly.